0: What's up everyone, it's Latif and welcome to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast and this is episode 383, hoping you guys are doing swell, actually I was gonna step outside, uh, put on my, my hoodie, um, I changed my mind, figure I would stay indoors, Um, still nursing this cold, so definitely don't want nothing else to uh, disrupt it at this point, other than that, um, all is good, feeling good, feeling strong, wife is feeling good, um, uh, just chilling out today, man, really chilling out, um, i like to get into the office tomorrow, try to get some work done, I'm gonna take it easy, tomorrow's a holiday, it's Martin Luther King's, uh, birthday, I believe, I believe it's Martin Luther King, is it, shoot, I think so, yeah, I think so, actually, I should know, right? But uh, yeah, it's Martin with the King's birthday. Um, so I think I'll get in there. A few things I, I need to kind of get the ball rolling and kind of get my my head in the game, you know, for a minute. And um, but uh uh got my dog in here. So she's trying to, she's trying to come up. Come on, I'm gonna try to come up. Huh? Come on. Uh, but um, what did we do today, man? So Went out, did some shopping, did a little, did a little grocery shopping, and then um, um, what you call it? Uh, watched some movies. What did I watch today? Um, actually, yesterday I think I told you I watched that uh, one night in Miami. Uh, if you haven't seen one night, a night to remember, Miami. Uh, Regina King directed it. Um, it's a story that happened the night of the Ali Sunny Liston fight It took place in Miami, and it was a night that uh, Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown all got together. And uh, it, interesting, it was uh, it used to be a it was a play, so it was adapted from a play. A lot of times, you can tell when um, these movies are made for plays. Because they're very limited, they're very restricted on locations. You usually see it most of the the most of it takes place like in one location. Or if they do do multiple locations, they're very, you can tell they're very like the main the main heart of the story takes place usually in one location. Like in this case for this movie, it was um it all takes place most of like all the meat takes place in a hotel room. Another movie that's like that, if you haven't seen it, um is Mama Rain. Mama Rainey. Um, she was the jazz singer from way back in the days. I think she was in the 20s or 30s. I forgot. Um, but if you've never seen it, Chadwick Bosman, was uh, that was one of his last films before he passed away. Great actor, man. That, that guy was incredible. I was just getting into him. I still have a problem even saying his name, Chadwick Bosman, right? I think I said that right. Um, but I started getting really into this dude uh, from Panther need the panther um but yeah you can see um that movie also just so your mama rain you can tell it was done it used to be a stage play um because the bulk of the scene takes place like during um um a rehearsal a band rehearsal and all the drama pretty much takes place in there so it's a lot of dialogue a lot of talking so whenever you see a movie like that limited locations limited sets lots of dialogue those usually uh were plays at one point you know so <clears throat> Uh, but yeah, so that's what we did, and then I just watched a great movie, if you guys want to check it out, I believe it's on Netflix, just saw it, Just Mercy, it's with, uh, Jordan B. Knight, that's the guy who played Creed, for those who don't know, um, and Jamie Foxx, and I'll tell you why I watched this, now I've seen, um, the cover on Netflix, like, for, for a while now, for as long as it's been out, and um I just kept on skipping over. It's like, you know, I have to kind of have a vibe before I put a a, a movie on. I have to kind of get a vibe and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get into this. But I was watching a around the director's round table and uh this movie came up and they were talking about and they were showing little clips. I was like, oh okay, and that's I went back to go watch to watch this movie. Uh great choice though, great choice. I love this freaking movie. It's a true story about a guy. Um an attorney who in Alabama, who um, he wants to go into this town and he wants to help people who were on death row, uh, who were actually innocent. They were just placed on death row because the cops had to always prove that they they caught the bad guy. So they would go to the black communities and they would set people up. And it's crazy, man. It's crazy. True story, though. Um, so if you ever get a chance, check it out. It's called Just Mercy watch that movie um, you know what's so crazy is that it took place in the 80s right so towards the late 80s and then some of the cases took place like in the 90s and um uh, what was so crazy is that you know I growing up me personally like living in the Bronx and living in Queens though I'm sure it was around me everywhere and it was probably slapping me in my face and I was probably a victim and not knowing it. but I didn't understand or experience, as far as I remember, experience racism. okay? I'm sure I did. I don't acknowledge it. I don't know it. I don't remember it. I'm sure there was somebody who said something or somebody who did something that was probably pretty racist towards me and but doesn't calculate. I lived in I grew up in in the in the Bronx. I was born and raised in the Bronx. Very uh black Puerto Rican neighborhood. I'm talking about from one door to the next. So it's not like, you know, half the neighborhood black, half the neighborhood was Spanish, whatever. No, it was it was yes, it was like that, but I'm talking about was door, it wasn't like, hey, that's a black building. Like it's mostly black people lived there. And over there across the street, so those Puerto Ricans lived there, you know? now nah, it was like from door to door, you know, black. Spanish, black, Spanish, black, Spanish. Um, my best, first best best friend ever was uh, a kid named Thomas, black kid, and his sister Tammy. That everybody used to tease me, say she was my girlfriend, because <laughs> <coughs> I spent so much time with them. And um, so I never, I grew up as that being my first best friend ever in the whole wide world. And, um, oh, you know what's so funny? I'm talking about him now. I never even like, thought about what's he up to, how's he doing, don't remember his last name, uh, so crazy, so crazy, <sighs> wow, um, anyway, <laughs> reminiscing for a second there, guys, I'm sorry about that, <laughs> um, then when I moved to Queens, you would think I would experience some sort of racism, except the neighborhood that I moved to, was weird. It was. It was. It was weird. If anything, um, <coughs> everybody else was different. Now was it like I was different? Everybody else was. So when I moved to Queens, Jackson Heights, it was mostly at that time we had um, a lot of Colombians. You know, quite a few Cubans. I would say, yeah, yeah, because there were stores named Cubanos, the Cubanitos. So we had Cubans and we had Colombians, Peruvians, <coughs> Ecuadorians. <coughs> so a lot of South and Central Americans. We didn't, I don't remember many Mexicans. We had Costa Ricans. I don't remember many Mexicans at that time. I think the Honduras came in first and then it started getting more Mexicans. By that time, by, by the time we had more Mexicans there, um, I was pretty much gone. Now. Again, I didn't I didn't acknowledge racism like that. Where I now start to kind of see a little bit of racism was when we went outside those neighborhoods. Like my school, um, IS-145, was up in Corona. Well, it was Elmhurst, but it was up in the Corona area. Uh, so we had a lot of the black kids there, and that's what we used to finally integrate because there was no black kids in my neighborhood. There wasn't not even Puerto Ricans. <coughs> I think I had <coughs> there was one Puerto Rican and then there was one Puerto Rican and one later on became another one became one of my best friends. We were like the only ones the only Puerto Ricans. And it was weird because we looked different. You know, most of the South Americans in my neighborhood had that really dead straight hair whereas me and my buddy from who was Puerto Rican we had the real curly hair. We used to pick it out to afros. And our skin texture was a little different than everybody else's, like, some of the South Americans, they were a little darker, a little, like, Indian, the Indian look. Um, we had just a totally different, it was hard to make us out. We, we stood out, we definitely stood out, you know? Um, and then, when I was about 14 years old, my mom wanted to dip, she wanted to go to Florida. And we moved to Panama City, Florida, uh, just f- to try something different. My mother saw I was getting older, and I, I think she just wanted to try to give me a new life, And give me something different, and I, it made sense. It, it made sense, because I pretty much did the same thing with my son. Um, when we got there, we moved to a little town called Youngstown, Florida. And it, it was during my stay there. And this this town was so small, and we literally had a sheriff, like freaking... Uh, like Andy Griffith, like the sheriff, the one sheriff took care of that whole town. The town, I swear, you could there was a, a, a there was a gas station on one side of the town, and it was all up against like there was a highway. We lived right on the highway, so there was a gas station. And then if you look straight down, you can see. So there was I think an Exxon. If you look straight down, you can see. I think it was a Sunoco. That's the end of the town. So it was from the Sun Sunoco to the Exxon. Then, of course, it went back into the woods, but there wasn't a lot in the woods. Everything else else was being kind of constructed right there on the highway. So my mother had a restaurant that she was leasing. We lived in the back. My cousins had a motel across the street. Um, And that was pretty much the extent of our town. School bus used to come, pick me up, and it was all white. And it was fine. I've been around white kids. You know, when I moved to Queens, especially... Uh, well, there wasn't that many, but we ha- I had a lot of, okay, uh, put us put it this way. It wasn't white American kids. One of my best friends, Roly, was Cuban. He was, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes. Some of my other friends had, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, or they looked white. They had, or they had dark hair, brown hair, but, you know, but they, were, they had a Latin background. So the look, I was, I was comfortable with. I was fine. But the people in that school bus and people in that school were not. I went to Rosenwald Junior High School. I remember because I tried to play football. I wasn't a good kid. I wasn't a good student, meaning, you know, I didn't do my homework. I was whack when it came to all of that. Um, but I remember I had a hard time getting friends, making friends in the school. The white kids really wanted nothing to do with me. In fact, even the, the, the teachers, they st- that's when, and I thought it was a joke, like I didn't take it, I take it like if it was someone in the street, like a friend, but I had teachers that called me Puerto Rico, and I had another one that called me the Bronx, that's what they called me, they didn't call me by my name, they called me hey, Puerto Rico, and all they did was make it very, they really put it out there, they just sh- basically shined a light on Puerto Rico. On, on me and and that I was different, and I think a lot of those people back in those days they didn't even know what Puerto Rico was like that, that did not exist in that town. So, um, and then since I was so accustomed to having black friends, the black kids, they looked at me more towards me as being white. Plus the school bus I came on, and the town that I lived in, and it was very obvious, and I. It was cool with everybody. I try to be friends with everyone, but no matter what, people always wanted to fight me. People always wanted to try me, and I didn't want to fight. I ended up getting into a couple fights, Um I somebody had, had pointed out that there was this girl. I think her last name was Rodriguez or something. She's Puerto Rican. I remember seeing somebody told me about her, and I saw her in the hallway a couple of times, and but. <laughs> They didn't say it like it was a friend of mine. They said, oh, yeah, there's an, another Puerto Rican. Are you Puerto Rican? Yeah, there's another one. You'll see her. She l- looks like their name of Rodriguez. <coughs> so I remember seeing her in the hallway a couple times. And she looked at me because I'm the other one that stood out. Puerto Rican kid with a big-ass afro. White kid with a big afro. That didn't exist in my school. I remember I used to try to make eye contact with this girl in the, in the school. And she would never make eye contact with me. And I remember going to the field. I think it was right after football practice, and um, which I was so skinny, I wasn't even good at that. You know, they had those straight up, those so-called jocks, the ones you see on in these movies, these teenage movies. Yeah, we have a ton of those, and uh, those guys didn't like me, so they, they made my life pretty difficult. But I remember seeing the girl Rodriguez up on the bleachers, and she was reading a book or something, so, and there was nobody up there, so I went up there. And I sat up next to I remember her looking at me and then looking back down at her book, I said, hey, how you doing? And she was, and She kind of nods. I said, you Puerto Rican? And she looked at me and got up and left. She freaking left me. And all I, I can think now is that she probably went back to home and told her, her parents, yeah, there's no, no kid in there, he's Puerto Rican. And they probably said, yeah, yeah, you stay away from him. <laughs> we trying to be accepted over here. You know, and um, that was the first time I really acknowledged um racism. and the older I got, I, 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 even more I acknowledge it now, like I look at some of the things that went on and how they they treated us, and it was almost like it was almost like we were um, it was weird. Uh, almost like we were mascots to some of these people that would cool go with us. It's weird. You know, like oh yeah, yeah, I got to know the, I know the Puerto Rican kid. Yeah, I know him. Hey, hey. So when they saw me, it was like hey, but more to say hey, yeah, like I know him. You know, um, I remember when he had something really crazy. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you guys. This is so bad because I had no idea that this was going on. So of course, when you're down south, one of the racist terms they use is a horrible term. They, they call black, the black kids coons. I had never heard. This phrase before ever in my life, I did not know what it was. I did not know what it meant. And I remember um, coming out of school and you know, I'm 14 years old, I'm trying to be down with everybody. Like I did whatever. And the buses are passing by there. So, you know, you have all the school buses there. You have some of the buses, you know, they're starting to leave the school as we're coming out. I see the kids coming out. They're running coons, coons, and they're picking up rocks. And they're throwing it at these buses, the school buses, some of the buses that were leaving. So I got in on the action. I picked up the thing, and I'm like, "coon, coon." I don't know what "coon." I didn't know what "coon." Maybe "coon" meant throw. Hey, throw, throw, coon, coon. I didn't. I had no idea what that shit meant. But I did know one thing. I was looking at these buses, and I remember it dawned on me. I didn't know any of the kids in there, all the black kids. And I remember them ducking in the bus, ducking. I'm surprised we never broke windows. I don't remember breaking a window nothing. I don't remember that being, yeah, I've seen people do it before, I did it one time. I didn't stop doing it because I found out what that shit meant, I just never did it again. You know, I didn't want to get in trouble, but I had no idea what that meant. I learned this years later. I found out when, when the, actually that word became a word and it clicked. And I was like, oh, my God. And then, it, it, you know, it all made sense to me. And, of course, I felt horrible because it's like, wow, what a horrible, horrible thing. And I remember I had made one friend, this one kid that showed me any kind of interest. he was a short, pudgy black kid. His name was Jimmy. And he was a really, really nice guy. But he was a nerd. And of course, I was stuck with the nerd crew because ain't nobody else would hang out with me. But he was a nice guy. And I hung out with a lot of nerds going through school because I was not i was never the top player in my schools. I wasn't the chock. I wasn't the one that all the girls wanted to date. I wasn't that dude. <laughs> I'm that dude now, but I wasn't that dude back then. <laughs> so a cover girl would never have been interest me, interested in me back in those days. <laughs> so, but um, um, I had a friend of mine that came to pick me up from school. So we didn't go back. We weren't gonna go. I wasn't gonna go back on the bus. Go back home on the bus because Jimmy was gonna come hang out at my house. So <clears throat> we had somebody that came and picked both of us up at school. We went back to my house and then we were going to drop him off, bring him home after, you know, after a couple hours. I remember we went and I think my mother made us food and we hung out in the house and then I remember we were walking. I said, let's go to the creek. Now the creek was like the place to be. It was like, it was fun. I went there with every, you know, my nephew, we spent a lot of time there. <coughs> we used to go swimming there, but me and Jimmy said, let's walk the creek, and, to the creek, so all you do is come out of my house. That's when we had at the restaurant. Walk straight up the highway, when you get to the corner, you make a right, and the creek is like over there. It was just a place for kids to go, buy some water, throw some rocks, thing, act, do something stupid. But anyway, on our way to the creek, we get all the way up the highway, make the right turn. As we go, get up to the uh, highway, there's a bunch of kids coming our way, a bunch of white kids. Of course, I'm in Youngstown, I'm in my neighborhood. And they, they, they see me, I see a couple of them that I recognize. I don't recognize the rest of them. I've never seen a group of kids like this before. And you know, and now I like to say hi. And I remember them coming up and say, hey, what are you, what are you doing? Where are you, guys, where are you guys going? So now we're just going right here to the creek. Creek was like, all you did was, it was like this little banister. You just went around the banister, you went down and the water was there. Yeah, who's this guy? And they started picking on Jimmy. I said no I said it's my friend from school. Oh really? Well, why is he here though? So now we are just going. No no that's our creek And they started to They started to do some shit like that And they started pushing I kept trying to stop them And they kept pushing me away They wasn't hitting me Because they knew my mother My mother was cool with the sheriff Like I had Nobody messed with me there Like physically In school yeah It was a different story But they, they, they beat Jimmy's ass I remember them holding me I remember I started crying. I started yelling because they hurt this kid, man. Like, they really started kicking him. This kid did not deserve this at all, you know? And I think another car came by or a truck, and they stopped, and they, they, they stopped the fight, and they pulled us up. And I kind of remember them, somebody driving us back or we walked back to the house. And after that had happened, I felt... It was horrible, horrible. I mean I still to this day I, it haunts me whenever I, I think of I think of this, you know and um, and we wind up getting Jimmy back home and I don't remember seeing Jimmy after that anymore. Like I don't remember seeing him like I don't know if they changed his class. but I wasn't in that school that much longer after that. Um, I don't know if his parents took him out of school. I don't know what happened, but you know they didn't kill him i mean i brought we brought Jimmy home but uh it was it was just sad it was just a a really sad thing and you know, and I see movies like that when people do stuff like that and those are the those are the people that I have no sympathy for i have no no mercy for them i have the no you know I don't, I don't feel for these people when, you know, and kind of a shame because this stuff still exists, I think it's, it's disgusting, you know, but anyway, I want to share that story with you guys, and ah, thanks for allowing me to talk about it, and take, bring it out, I haven't spoken about this, that particular uh, situation in a while. I got some more that's similar to that uh, up that alley. Maybe I could visit those later on, but uh, I'm going to shut down now, guys. I appreciate you tuning in. Thank you so much, as always, everybody who's uh, reaching out, checking up on me. I appreciate that as well. Thank you. Uh, listen, be safe out there. It's still crazy. The world is still upside down. Be safe. God bless, and good nice freestyle.